This is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's word, breaking it down, making it practical to everyday living. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life. This is what we're all about. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. I'm Bill McMinn, along with me is Mark Hossettler, and we are talking about small groups. Now, yeah, if this is, when I look at Eagleville Bible Church, this is one of those ministries that I look at as backbone ministry. So mm. I would say of our church yeah. that we're small group strengthened, we're service oriented. And I look at service, I look at the small group ministry as being two vital aspects of the church. So the purpose of small groups that we have in our church is this, is to get closer to God and to get closer to each other. So it has a two things. Like if I have somebody coming to my small group, I would like them to know that, hey, you know, I feel like I've gotten closer to God and I've grown in my walk. I've learned more about the word. And I've also been able to connect with other people. And I think both of those are super valuable. Absolutely. I mean, that's been my experience through small groups. Uh, definitely been growing closer to the Lord and growing closer to people. Right. That's been so valuable. So I appreciate that perspective you have in, in, in implementing small groups into this church. How did that happen? Well, I'm, I'm going to yeah. talk about it, but if he's, Acts 2.42, then I'm going to give a little bit of a history of it, but right. this is a verse that I think is a great one for a theme verse. For Since we're talking about small groups, it does have a biblical base twofold. One, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So here they're getting together. They're actually, I believe, meeting in small groups of people too, because they would have like their temple meetings and synagogues at that time where they would have large group meetings, but the church also had small group meetings. Yeah, I think they so. I mean, when you look at when Peter came out of jail, uh, he went to the house where a small group of people were gathered praying for him and right. remember Rhoda opened the door she's right. like are you kidding me she opened closed the door but that right. was a small group of people meeting together in prayer right so, absolutely yeah so they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of the bread and prayers so they would be getting together and they would be fellowshipping fellowshipping is community it's community it's friendship all those are combined into it so that's one biblical aspect and basis for small groups. Also the fact that Christ had 12 disciples and that they traveled around with him. Mm -hmm. And so you look at him, when I think of a small group, I think of a group of three to 12 people. Now, sometimes our groups are actually more community groups because we have, I've had lots of small groups of 20 to 25 people. They, I do, they do fit under the small group ministry. However, I look at them a little bit beyond the parameters of a small group. Yeah, I think so too. You, you got a really difficult time, including making sure everybody is included in you know responses and stuff like that. Now, I will say your approach and my approach, even in the prayer ministry, uh, does allow for that to happen, where you allow you actually want input from everybody in, around the tables. You know, uh, let's talk about. Uh, you know, a certain scripture, we, we read the scriptures for Tuesday mornings, we read the scripture and then we give everybody an opportunity to kind of weigh in on how that's affecting them. Right. I think that's a great model, by the way, for uh, small groups, because it gives everybody a chance at least to, to give input, you know? Well, one thing, uh, the way that I do small groups, a lot of times, let's say if they go six thirty eight. Or if it's a men's small group of seven to eight, do I want to sit there and talk for an hour straight? I do not. Right. Do I want to talk for an hour and a half straight? I do not. Absolutely not. Like I value the input of other people. To me, well, small Bill, groups I, is not just about your facilitator. As a small hey, group leader, you, yeah. mm-hmm. yes, when I'm teaching the book of Revelation, 
I'm definitely teaching you information. When I teach theology, I'm teaching information, but I'm also going to give you time to ask questions, interact, because I think that's absolutely vital is for people. To me, it's boring, actually, if you just have one person talking the whole time. Sorry. I, that's just how I feel. Yeah. I mean, I like what you're saying for anybody that's wanting to become a small group leader or whatever, but right. you'd feel like, you know what, I can't teach the material or, you know what, I can't do this. Like take that load off of you. Just know that you're just coming in to facilitate this thing. Right. You're, you're wanting input from everybody. You're really, you know, this whole mindset of we're just going to sit under the teaching of one person for an hour. I mean, there, there's value to it. But the real value comes in growing in relationship right. with each other in, in, you know, how many times I've, I've heard somebody comment on a scripture and I have to go, you know what, that's not actually what this is saying. Let's talk right. about this a little bit better, right. you know, because, and, and just letting them have the input actually help them to gain the better understanding of what the scripture means. It didn't actually mean what they were saying. You know what I'm saying? So, right. and, and like I said, I do believe, obviously when I was working the revelation class I did as my last group on Wednesday nights was extremely difficult to get ready for. That would take me all day Wednesday mm -hmm. to get ready. I'm not kidding. Like it was brutal and I was writing my own material. So not that I was writing the book of revelation because I was not right. obviously, but to study it and to write the notes that I was handing out to everybody, it was, it was difficult because there was a lot of study. So obviously you would say, Hey, this church was going through this and you would give the background and you would say what things meant, but there was a lot of room in there for conversation too. Mm -hmm. So I've always appreciated in every small group that I've led the back and forth. I know not everyone has that style. That's just the style that, mm -hmm. that I prefer. Now, when it comes to small groups and why we started small groups in the first place, Eagleville Bible church years ago. And when I first came here, they had no, there were no Wednesday night children's groups. There were no, there was no youth group. There was, uh, what we had, we had Sunday morning church. We had Sunday school. We had Sunday night church. We had Sunday night prayer meeting. We had Wednesday night prayer meeting. So they had two prayer meetings. And the reason they had a Sunday night prayer meeting was because of the gas embargo, whatever, in the seventies, like years before I got there, years before they decided that they were going to start it and not have a Wednesday night prayer meeting. Then saw another pastor come and says, we're going to have a Wednesday night prayer meeting. Well, they won't give up the Sunday night prayer meeting. So then I'm there every Sunday. I would preach Sunday morning. So I'd have to get ready in the week to do that. Then I'd preach a whole separate sermon on Sunday night. Hmm. I'd have to get ready for that. Then I was leading the youth group, actually, because I started a youth group. And so I was teaching that on Wednesday nights and I would run an activity a month. Like it was really crazy, you know, how busy we were. And so we had the Sunday night thing. Eventually we dropped the Sunday night prayer meeting and we had like choir practice said, and, and we just had Wednesday night. So Wednesday night's always been a part of that, but we did it because Sunday night did not grow. And so if I came here and there were 30, 30 people one year, you know, when I came here 10 years later, there's still 30 people where the church went, let's say from 70 or 90 to, you know, let's say if you're running 150 a week or 200 a week at this point, like Sunday morning growth trajectory was mm -hmm. up. Sunday night was flat. And I remember doing experiencing God and they would talk about sometimes you're trying to create the wave and you're trying to do things that don't work. And you're actually pounding your head against a brick wall because you're trying to do something that's just not in fact working. God's, After, not, God's not in it. God's not uh, in yeah. it. 10 years go by and it's not growing. I'm starting to think to myself, 
this does not work and we're only doing it because this is tradition is the way it's always been done. Let's do small groups instead. So we went from, let's say 30 or 35 people a Sunday night to ministering to 75 people a Sunday night. So that's how small groups started. It instantly, we had way more people involved in small groups than we ever had Sunday night. It still Mm -hmm. took years to get out of their system that when it wasn't done, we didn't go back to Sunday night because then when small group season was done in April or May, Myself and another pastor here were still on the line for going back. And we tried everything to make it grow. It ended up being like 10 people there, you know, when we started small groups. And we just finally said, let's just not do it anymore. And it took it took a long time. I mean, to get driving to church is like driving a barge. Like it's not driving to church is not driving a speedboat. It's literally like yeah. it, it takes it takes time. I mean, yeah. to make changes, implement changes. Yeah. But obviously, the church you see today doesn't have Sunday night church. You wouldn't even know anything about this if I weren't telling you about it. But that was the birth of small group ministry. Now it's interesting that that has shifted from Sunday night being the primary small group night to now. I would say Wednesday night would be more of a primary night. Mm. Then mm-hmm. everything's kind of scattered. Women, uh, one women's groups on Monday night. There's small groups on Friday night. There's small groups on Friday morning. Uh, it Tuesday morning. Tuesday yeah. morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're they are kind of all over the place at this mm-hmm. point, which is fine. I don't. Well, I think it makes it nice that. for people that want us to want to be a part of a small group, but their their schedules are limited or whatever. It gives them options. It right. gives a lot of people. You can you can put yourself into a group. Right. kind of anywhere right now. Right. Um, and, and that's a good thing. The other thing I like about this, what you were talking about is it highlights the importance of getting other people involved. Right. So on Sunday night, that ministry relied on one person to go and that was you pretty right. much, right. you know, it was all on your shoulders. Right. Where small groups, you're calling up leaders and you're act, asking people, hey, lead these things, facilitate these things for us. And you're getting uh, multiplication. You're you know, you're getting a multiplied effect right. of ministry, right. which is super healthy for the church. You can't just rely on one person and expect for a healthy church. You know, you need people within that body to rise up and say, hey, you know what? I'll lead a class. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll lead a class. why does the Bible talk about elders and deacons mm-hmm. if those guys aren't teaching too? I mean, yep. anyone who's an elder in a church, which is really our deacons, has to be apt to teach. Yep. And most of our deacons do lead, mm-hmm. if not all, I mean, lead small groups. I think all of our deacons are small group leaders. So, and that's one of the prerequisites actually to becoming a small group leader is your ability to lead small groups. Becoming a deacon, a deacon is your ability. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Your ability yeah, to you. teach. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously it's good to have that if you're a small group leader too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. That you're actually conversant and can conversate with people. Yeah. But I've often found the benefit of it. Like, and I can, you know, pry you along with scripture and try to convince you that, you know, this is something you should do. And biblically, I do think it's something that's very beneficial. I've often said, Mark, if people, aside from Sunday morning, had one night out a week or one time a week where they were in a Bible study and one time a week they came to serve, every need in the church would be met. Oh, my goodness. And you'd be growing. And it would not be overly taxing Mm -hmm. on anybody. It would be no, one time a week, I'm kind of going to small group, getting to know people, building friendships, getting to know God better, getting to know them better. One time a week, I'm using the talents God has given me to serve somewhere in my church. Or I would even say, you know, community, serve somewhere. Mm-hmm. Man, the impact we'd make would be I, absolutely I agree phenomenal. With that. Yep. Yep. You're just in, in, involving yourself. Right. And like you said, you're growing in your relationship with the Lord. You know, right. service has done so much 
just in my relationship with the Lord, vertical. Right. As I serve people horizontally, it actually helps me so much vertically right. with the Lord, you know, because right. here's the thing. When we do that, we rely on what you just said, the gifts and talents he's given us. Right. It's him working through us. You and know? our church is growing. I mean, you, you look at the, the church as far as the, the spiritual nature of the church. We have right now a big small group offering. There are going to be mm. 22 small groups that you can sign That's up amazing. for this That's week. Amazing. Yeah. That would put in, if even every group was only 10 each, that would be enough room for over 200 people to be involved in small groups. Think so about that. That's I think so it's amazing. a, it's a fantastic number. I believe that we're going to have more than 220 involved in small groups. I'd mm -hmm. rather see 250 to 300, to be honest, uh, to be involved. And we, and we do have space for that too, because some groups can take up to 20 and so on and so forth. But and so the, the amazing thing about that too, Bill, is that we, this isn't including stuff like celebrate recovery right now, which has somewhere upwards of 70 to a hundred people every Tuesday night. Right. This doesn't include uh, youth group. Youth group right. has a great turnout. Well, every not only week, that, you know, I mean, I there's mean, it doesn't include subsidies. It doesn't include it doesn't include uh, other people that just pick up and do small groups that we don't know anything yeah, about. They haven't exactly. told us about. But I think there's a lot going on. But if you look at this basis, we are doing well. We do want people to be involved in it. Now, it's time for a story. When and this will, some of you will kind of laugh about it. When I usually my small groups that I would have in my house, I can only have twelve people. I never allowed, I never put a sign-up sheet out. I always recruited for my small group personally because I, what I was afraid of was I would get all the solid Christians that really should be leading small groups in it and not those who are new to Christ who needed to grow. And I was looking more for those who were new to Christ who needed to grow. So I felt like I was actually doing something as a small group leader. I wasn't just re kind of like preaching to the choir all the time. Mm -hmm. One time I had a list and I had, 10 people, but I needed 11 and 12. I put the list out in the back of the church and it's the old white church. And it was back over the, the last pew and a couple signed up, Stephen Aaron Arslick. Mm. And at that time I had just met Stephen Aaron, but Steve's ex brother-in-law was also on my small group. And I thought to myself, I don't really want Stephen Aaron to be signed up in my small group because this could create tension with other people in my small group. However, however, I'm going to be open to the Lord. I prayed about this. I put the list. That's who signed up. Well, as it turns out, as you well know, Steve became a pastor in this church. <laughs> and and here's this guy that I don't know. You know, I don't know Steve. I don't know that Steve's going to become one of my best friends in the world. I don't know that he's going to become a board member someday and later a pastor and that Aaron's like influence in this church is going to be phenomenal. I mean, just her impact alone and her ministry has been great mm -hmm. at Eagleville Bible Church. And I, I had not, no idea about any of this. And they right. know the story. Like, this is no secret to them. Right. And I was just a little bit leery about it. But they became great friends. Mm. And they were in my group, group for four years. And we went through the New Testament survey wow. and Old Testament survey and some on theology and a lot of the Bible. And they were in that group. And then they got strong enough to lead their own small group. And then Steve, my goodness, I mean, after that, he had to be leading small groups for over 10 years. Easy. Yeah. Because that was 18 years ago. And he was only in my group for four years, so 14 years, I would say. Anyway, you know, he's been leading small groups. Or yeah, was and, his, and his his own testimony was uh, the the strongest relationships he had in this church came through small More groups. groups right. mean, he, he would stand up year after year and say that over and over again. This, You know, you guys got to get involved because that's where strong relationships happen, right. you know. so Right, and I don't yeah. mind talking about it as the guy now who's actually having to orchestrate small groups. I, I, I miss Steve anyway, but you, you oh really miss gosh. him as a time of year. And I think about Steve and yeah. 
you know, all the things that we're trying to do and that we're trying to continue. But, but his life was definitely impacted by small groups and he impacted the lives of others. And I yeah. shouldn't say Steve, I mean, Steve and Aaron both as a team. I mean, they opened up their home uh, for Sunday night after Sunday night for them, a lot of their small groups. It was hugely impactful for them, hugely impactful for others. Now, I don't expect everyone to be in a small group. Small Being a small group equals being a pastor of the church someday. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. What we're saying right. is that small groups will benefit you spiritually, and yeah. it will develop your friendships and some of the best friends that you have. And I think in my friendship group, a lot of times, has been those in my small group. Mm. It has been people that I've met with for year after year yeah. after year. Like, I know those people well because I've been to their home, and they've been to my home. You know, I think the caution uh, in facilitating a group, this is where I've, I've had to really learn how to do this because I'm so project-oriented. Um, the caution is, is to get so overly focused on the material that you forget about them relationships. Right. That, that after an hour and a half of meeting together, you really haven't discussed anything with each other. All that you've done is just focused on the material. you got to be careful on well, that. Well, on Wednesday know? nights, I, mean, I can't do this. We, we handle this on the Tuesday morning by giving them 30 minutes to eat something. Yeah. And mm-hmm. everyone gets a chance to talk. Right. And I've actually built some pretty good friendships oh, in the goodness, uh, yeah. men's group. Yeah. Because so we, there are certain people that I would talk to all the time. You know, I think about me just hiking at Red River Gorge. I'm hiking at Red River Gorge, or did, because Mike Fowler in my Tuesday morning small group told me, man, you should go to Red River Gorge. It took yeah. me a couple of years to do it, but mm-hmm. I, I look at that. And I'm like, I, when I see Mike in church, I'm going to say something to him about it, but it's so it's, important. It's, yeah. it's important to have that time where you're coming together. Like it says here in, you know, in Acts two you're breaking bread together. You're praying together. You're talking about things that go deeper than the material that you actually yeah, have in front right. of you. You know, this is a, the material is a great way to get into the Bible and don't skip that. Right. But don't make it all about the material. Make it about building those strong relationships and having time together to interact with each other. I mean, that's so important. I would say, and I think that people need to take advantage of that. Like, you need to interact with people. Mm -hmm. And I say that when I look at the small group ministries, I look at them as being the first line of defense. If somebody in the small group needs to move, the people in the small group should be taking care of that. If somebody in the small yeah. group is sick, mm-hmm. others in the small group ought to be taking them meals. Right. Like th- it is your first line of defense when people have needs. Really. I mean, I've always looked at it this way. Small groups should be taking care of them each other. Yeah. Like you should know those people. You should be praying for them mm-hmm. at least once a week. If you want every day is great too. Or as you think right. about them, but I right. try to, you know, really focus and make sure that I'm praying for uh, people in my small group on a regular basis. And I would hope that they'd be praying for me as well and praying for others in the small mm-hmm. group. And that means at some point you're going to have to get some phone numbers. You're going to have yeah. to get some contact information well, I, so that you can kind of hold each other accountable and help each other out. That, that's the word is, is I think one of the great advantages of a small group type of system is there is built in accountability that happens when right. you're meeting regularly week after week, after right. week, after week, you know, and you start hearing the same stories from these people that are struggling with you know for me i had a men's group for a long time week after week we'd get together and i hear the same story coming out of this person's mouth about man i just you know i feel in in porn again or this and that 
Well, let's talk about that. Why why is this happening over right. and over again? Let's go to coffee sometime right. and let's actually meet and and discuss right. this thing. And there's built-in accountability that happens when you're when you get comfortable around people week after week, you know, right. that's the, that's the great thing about celebrate recovery. Right. That's why this model works so well is because week after week, you're getting these people yeah. in and together. And, and by the way, you don't have to confess every deep, dark secret you have. No. I mean, that's not, yeah. don't, don't think a small Mm-mm. group is all, oh, man, I'm going to a small group and I have to spit out everything I've ever done. No, we're not talking about Mm-mm. that. It's just, if you need help, the help's going to be there. If there's things going on in your life, I mean, that's a group to love you, support you, encourage you. And I think that's yeah. what we're saying, but yeah. we have divorce care is going to be one of our small groups, Financial That's Peace great. University, yeah. where there are going to be two different marriage classes. There's going to be a parenting class. There's Old Testament survey. There's New Testament survey. There's theology. There are Bible studies. There's a book of John. There's the, the women have group. There's woven, which they'll have different topics on different Monday nights. There's so many great things that are happening in the small group ministry. I mean, we have a great offering. We truly encourage you. And this Sunday and the next Sunday, this our small group fair, or I call it small group signups. Come out to it. I mean, look mm-hmm. over to small groups. See where God wants you, where you can plug into a small group and find your way to connect in this church. And we super appreciate you. We appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you listening to this podcast. And we hope that it's been an encouragement and really does kind of help to understand what our heart is and why we do the things that we do and what we've seen as we've done some of these things and God has led us to some of these things. And we were going to pray. I mean, we're really Mm -hmm. praying for God to bless these small group ministries. And we're talking about on Sunday morning, I'm sure you will in worship too, and just plugging it, plugging it, plugging it, because it's important. Mm -hmm. Anyway, thank you so much for being here, being a part of this podcast. You guys all have a great and an awesome week. 